We're going to start a brand new series today. Are you ready for it? We're going into the land of the promise. Anybody ready for the land of the promise? <laughs> We're going to the land of the promise. We're going to step into God's best for our life. How many want God's best for your life? I don't know anybody who would be like, mm, I don't know. Mm, I'll just take half the portion of God. No, I want God's best for my life. I was praying over the end of this year as we go into year seven of being changed church in Philadelphia, y'all, about to turn six. As I was praying over this, this year and what God is doing in the extravagant and how God has shown up and God has challenged us and pushed us as a church to give extravagantly, to serve extravagantly, to love extravagantly. Come on, somebody. God has called us as a church to be extravagant expressions of heaven. And we've seen that this year, haven't we? It's so good. I'm, I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, this has been such a good year. We've seen so much fruit. We've seen people blessed and transformed. Lives come to know you. Lord, what an extravagant year. And we're not even done yet. It's just September, people. Some of y'all are like, it's already September. Yes, it's September. Can't believe my kids start school this week. Unreal. We're not done. And God's not done. <laughs> God's not done with this year. As I was leaning in and praying about what God has for this church and for you, for my family, God spoke a word over, I would say, the comma of this year. Y'all believe in the comma of the year? <laughs> okay. We're not done yet. It's not a period yet, but it's a comma, right? We're in the middle. It's like a, it's like a pause and then keep going. You know, you come out of summer and it's like everybody's got their tan. Everybody's been to the shore, down the shore. I'm learning how to talk, you know, being here in Philly. You go down the shore, you go away, you're with family, you take a break from the, the normal uh, plans and all the things we have going on throughout the school year. And now we ramp up and ready for fall. So it's almost like a common, I'm praying over this and I believe that this was the word that the Lord kind of gave me for this house and for you and for my family. He gave me the word beyond. And I had to look it up because I'm like, beyond, okay. That sounds good. Beyond my wildest dreams. Beyond, beyond, beyond. There's three actually parts of beyond. This is what I want to look at in this series. As we lead up to our six-year anniversary where we're going to be celebrating and wearing our, our best kicks, okay. Because we have to be wearing some fly kicks. We still call them kicks. Is that a thing? Does that sound right? Okay. I'm going to go with it. We're going to celebrate. And as we go into it, the Lord showed me that there's three applications to this word in the Hebrew. It's shown all throughout the Bible, but I, I want to I talk about these three as we lead into our six-year anniversary. The, the first definition of the word beyond is to the distance. And it's talking about being in a space that you're moving beyond where you are. It's spatial beyond, to the distance, uh, going towards something that's beyond where you're at currently. The second definition of beyond is 
to go beyond or to cross, to go beyond a barrier, to go beyond something that's before you. I believe there's things that God is going to take us through. How many know that God doesn't always move the mountain? Sometimes God talked, tells you to climb the mountain. <laughs> Sometimes God doesn't say go around the ocean. God parts the ocean and lets you go through the ocean. Sometimes God doesn't take away the valley, so he takes away the uncomfortable. Sometimes God wants to teach you something in the valley. It's beyond. Beyond what you are currently in front of. And then the third one is this. Beyond the time. Beyond the time. Beyond what we see currently. Beyond what we're experiencing in our today. The Lord told me there's three things that we need to prepare as a church as we get ready for the beyond. And I believe there's a beyond for every single person in this room. Every single person watching online, watching this message. I believe there's a beyond. But let me tell you something about the beyond. With every beyond, there is always a barrier. With every beyond comes with it, free of charge, a barrier. There will be things that you have to overcome, step into, that are outside of what you think you can accomplish to get to the beyond. But how many want the beyond? I want the beyond for my life. I want the beyond for my marriage. I want the beyond for my kids. I want the beyond for this church. Because God's not done. God's not done with my story. He's not done with your story. And my friend, let me tell you, if you feel like you're at the end, you're just beginning. Because when we get to the end of ourselves is when the Lord shows up. He doesn't come when we're all good. He doesn't have to come when we're just, oh, we're good. We got, we got it. When we come to the end of ourselves and we can't go on anymore, that's when the Lord prevails in that moment, comes to our rescue and takes us to beyond. So I want to look in the next three weeks. I want to unpack this for you. I want to unpack this for me. How do we step into the beyond? I want to show you what the Lord showed me. It's beautiful how the Lord wants to take us from where we are currently to where he wants us to be. How many are ready? Are you ready? We're going on a journey. Do you all have your backpack? I feel like Dora the Explorer, you know? Going on a trip. What's the song? Going on a trip. Backpack, backpack. Okay. I was never a Dora the Explorer person, but I did like me some uh, Dora the Explorer song, so every once in a while we'll crank it. My daughter is uh, jumping into gymnastics. So she, when we first got into the, um, when, she, when she got old enough, she wanted to join this, uh, it's called Flip Out. Shout out to Flip Out. Flip Out is a great gymnastics place, and, and she joined it for a little while, and she was doing gymnastics. And then we took a little break, and she got into new school, and so we're, you know, getting our schedule together. And now we're like, all right, let's jump back in. So Ane wants to jump back into gymnastics, but the only thing is the class that she wants to get involved in has a list of things that you must accomplish in order to get into that class. And so she really wants to get in because some of her friends in school are in that class, and so she doesn't want to join where she was. She wants to go into beyond, right? How many can attest? You don't want to go where you were. You don't want to settle for what was I want to go to beyond. And so Anae's looking at this list, and there are some things on there she cannot do. Number one, being a backbend bridge. Is that a thing? That, yeah, that's right. 
It's this thing where you go like this. Oh, Lord, help me if I tried that. We need a medic on, on site for that to happen. But it's where you go like this, right? And then you land in a bridge. And then you got to kick it over. So she's been, you know, at home. She's been doing the, the pull-ups and all the stuff to get herself stronger. Because she's a little girl. You know, she's, she's 10, but, you know, she's little and mighty. Vocally. <laughs> Strong-willed, strong vocal, but, you know, the muscles aren't there. So she's, she's doing pull-ups. She's getting ready. Well, the other day I take the kids to Urban Air. Because it's a daddy date, and how many know there's no better place to go than to jump on trampolines? So I'm like, let's get out the energy. Let's go, let's go. So we go there, and Ane decides she is going to break the barrier of the backbend bridge thing. So she's like, Dad, I want to go to this location because I, um, Chisa was looking online, and she, she saw that I can use a wall to break into it. So we're going to use the wall first. So we go over to the wall of the trampoline, right? And she's going down it. And she went in. I was like, girl, that was really good. She's doing it again and again and again for an hour. I'm just, I'm just sitting there with her. I'm like, girl, go. Do your thing. And she's just working, working, working until finally she gets it. She's like, dad, I think I can do it without the wall. I was like, all right, girl. You're an hour in. Let's go. I like the tenacity, you know. I like the endurance. So an hour in, she falls into the back bend of the bridge thing. I don't know what it's called, but it doesn't feel right coming out, but the bridge, you know what I'm saying? She falls into the bridge, and she looks at me, and she goes, Dad, I did it. I'm like, yeah, you did. One hour in, girl, let's go. What else are you going to do? So then for the next part of the time, she's doing the kickover thing. Now she's thinking, what else can I do? You know, she's like on cloud nine. And my mind went to Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, but set your minds on things above, things beyond where you are. Today I want to talk about beyond to the distance, beyond where you are currently. I believe that God is calling you higher. He always does this. The Lord never leaves us where we are. Lord is always, in fact, when I feel comfortable is the time where I start to get nervous. So I'm like, this is the time that the Lord's going to call me out of the boat because I'm too comfortable. A lot of times in our Christianity, when you get too comfortable and you get me, it, a lot of times it's not, you're not connected to the Father. When you get connected to him, you realize he's always drawing you to something that is above and beyond where you are currently. And Colossians, it says, set your minds. Now, I love this, this terminology because it says to set, which means it's our job to fix, right? Because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I know for me, a lot of times it's easy to set my mind on earthly things. Can I get a witness? I set my mind on something I can see, something I could do, something that is attainable. I don't like to fail. And so going after something that is bigger than myself seems scary. How many have ever been there? Going after a dream that is bigger than your schooling is scary because you might fail. 
And I thought about it. When Ane walked into Urban Air, she set her mind on things above. She said, I'm not here currently, but I'm going to get there. I, and I want to encourage you today, wherever you are currently, the Lord wants to tell you that you don't have to settle for that place. There's a land of the promise that God is calling you to, and it's going to take us taking the first step to say, I'm going to set my mind on things above. I'm not going to set it on earthly things, but I'm going to set my mind, my thoughts, what goes in my mind, what I'm currently thinking and processing through, what I'm journaling and writing down to get in memorization. That is the things that I want to set it on something that is above. Someone say beyond. It's beyond. It's beyond where we are. It's beyond what we've, where we've been. It's beyond. And I wish you could have seen her face when, when it happened. When she fell into the bridge. And I can just close my eyes and picture myself in my story. Where God calls me to somewhere that I'm not currently, but it's above where I think I can get to. And I close my eyes and I can picture myself with that face when I finally hit the bridge. And I'm like, God, did you see that? And I believe that the Lord wants to call you to that place where you might need a wall right now. Ain't no shame in the game. Come on. You might need that safety net. You might need that crew around you. Accountability. You might need those people around you saying, come on, keep going. You said you were going to. Come on, get up. Get to church. Set your alarm. Come on, you said you were going to come out to the outreach and serve. Come on, you got to do it. You might need that. You might need a little push and boost and a, a little wall to support yourself until you get to that place where you're just falling into it. <laughs> God, you see that? But sometimes we need the wall. And I would encourage us in the room today, if you're going to step into the beyond, and maybe it's way beyond what you could ever think, where's your wall of safety? Where's your wall of safety? I believe that's why the Lord gave us the church. It's why he gave his family around us. It's because we are for each other a wall of safety. There's a lot of times that I can, in my own human nature, get off course from the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord. But how many know the Lord sends you a good thing in a wife? And my wife will a lot of times say, hey, let me, let me point out something right now. And always in love. And there's times where even in a group setting, we might be in a space where we need that encouragement from each other. To say, hey, I love you. This is where you could be. A lot of times I'll be sitting with somebody and, and in that moment I just want to just wrap my arms around and say, hey, this is where you could be. How many know you need a safety wall sometimes? In Romans chapter 8, verse 27, the one right before the one we all know, right? You've never heard the 828. The Lord works all things together for our good. And in 827, it says, For he who searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Everybody say, the will of God. Did you know that there's a will of God for your life? 
It's not accidental. It's not even what you come up with. The Lord has a will for your life. Now, some people get way too bent out of shape out of this and like, what's the will for my life? And what if I get it wrong? Can I tell you, if you're connected to the Lord and you have relationship with him, he is so good to lead you in his will. How many flawed people in the room know what I'm talking about? It says, the spirit knows the will of God, it prays in accordance for that. The essence of faith is to believe in things that aren't seen and living as though they are. The essence of faith is believing in things that aren't. Believing in what the Lord spoke. There's something that the Lord spoke over your life that might not be currently. There's something that the Lord called you to that might not be what we can all see right now. There's a gift or a talent or something God put inside of you that might not be present right now. But the Lord wants to cultivate it. And I believe that faith is believing in what's not seen. Maybe what the Lord just spoke over you. The land of the promise where you're pointing towards something. The Lord called you to somewhere. And you're trying to step into it. Whether it's a position at your work. Whether it's uh, somewhere to be a, in a relationship with someone. To step in as a father figure or a mother figure. To step in as a, a friend. To step in as a co-worker that needs to be that support. Whatever it is you're stepping into, you can see it. And faith is believing without seeing it. And then living as though it was. Stepping in with courage. And I have to ask you a question today. What level... Because I believe that God's calling us to different levels. What level is God calling you to go to right now? I want to ask you this to process. Because as the Lord speaks beyond, that's going to mean something different for all of us. For you, it could be jumping deeper into loving somebody or loving uh, connection. You know, we all go through things in life. Sometimes it's hard to trust in relationships. Or sometimes it's hard to go deeper in relationships. And maybe for some of you, that, that's, that's where you're at. You need to go to that next level of love and trust. Maybe some of you, it's trust or next level in your faith. And praying prayers of faith and being bold in that faith. And saying, Lord, I'm going to step out and I know you are God. Maybe some of you, the next level is forgiveness. Forgiving someone for harming you. And maybe it was in the past and it was way long ago, but maybe you haven't let go yet. Maybe you're still holding on to that. Can I tell you, that becomes a weight that you will have to carry and might even take you down before you get to the promised land. The Lord wants you to release it. Because what unforgiveness does is it puts you in place of bondage. It actually traps you. I think about when we went hiking in the West Coast and we went to the national parks. I'm telling you, I wanted the least amount of weight we could get. When we first started out, I mean, we got all the things. What if we need and what if we do and we, we got poles and chairs and hammocks and all the stuff. I'm telling you, by hike two, we emptied that bag. I'm like, because the kids, they got tired by mile one. They're like, Dad, can you take my paws? Dad, can you take my chair? 
I'm dad, I'll do it. But hey, the second hike, I'm going to learn. We're leaving those things in the car. We don't need no poles and we don't need no chairs, all right? We're going to leave them here. Use a rock. Use the ground. <laughs> we don't need it. But I kind of tell you if, you, if you carry unneeded unforgiveness, or you carry unneeded bitterness, or you carry unneeded anger, things from your past, you will not be able to step into what God wants for you tomorrow. You will be stuck in the past. You will be trapped by something. Let me encourage you to take that next level of forgiveness. Some of you maybe were praying about the next level of generosity. Can I talk to you about this? Because generosity is one of those things that if you stay trapped in the, in the, um, the grip of greed, is what I like to call it. The grip of greed. It's, it's the I don't have enough. And you can live like that for the rest of your life. And I've seen people do it. They take it to their grave. The grip of greed. It's I need it for me. I need it for what I can see because I don't have enough. Can I tell you, if you will give even when you don't have enough, the Lord will teach you a heart of generosity that will produce fruit in your life and become a blessing, not just for you, but for other people as well. I've seen it in my own life. When that, we had barely anything, we still gave. We still kept our hand open. We did because once you close that and you get the grip of greed, you will now live in a place of not enough and get away and stay away. And fear and anxiety takes over your life. But if you will open up and say, Lord, use me. Some of you, that's what we're praying over. Hey, next level of generosity. Come on, time, talent, treasure. How can I give it? How can I open up my hand to release it? Zion's been playing football. If you know him, he knows all the stats. He knows everything about every team. I don't know how. He just, it's amazing. And he's always talking to, uh, is it Alexa or Google, whoever's in his room and the, the thingamabob. He's always asking him, you know, what about this game? This game, da, 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 da. You know, I'm like, he's having a conversation in there. One of the times I was walking down the hall, and I, I, it was before I knew what he was doing in there. And I was like, who's Zion talking to? I'm like, you know, he didn't have a phone and everything. So I'm, like, I'm going in there, I'm like, Zion. And he's literally sitting on his bed by himself. I'm like, who, are, are you talking to yourself? And he's like, no, Dad, I'm talking to Alexa. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Just making sure, you know. <laughs> Are you talking to God? Like, that's cool, but like, just, you know, making sure everything's cool. But Zion, he loves football, and so he was playing a bunch of the leagues that we could find around. We found an intramural league in South Philly, and then we found this other league, and um, one of the leagues was, uh, he was playing uh, uh, with another coach, and the next year they didn't have a coach, so Dad signed up, and um, I'm not a coach, okay? I'm not even going to lie. And so that didn't go well. And so he's been a part of, I don't want to say, you know, not real leagues, but not, not competition, not, you know, push him, challenge him. It's been kind of a league like, let's play football. Let's have some fun. Well, this year he finally signed up for a league, and Mr. Rodney Blango, okay, Kirby's brother, is the coach. Now, if you don't know Mr. Rodney, I hope you meet him someday. He is very, very serious about the game. And even though it is a youth league, he is still treating it like it's the NFL. So he recruited his team of flag football, reached out to the team that he wanted and seen in past seasons. And so Zion was one of those. And so he brought these guys to the field and we showed up to the first practice. And I thought I showed up to the Eagles training camp. 
I mean, we have cones and barriers and fake men standing up, you know. All the, th all the football people, I'm like, you, what is this? I thought this was flag football. He's like, we're going to work today, you know. And he has the guys doing push-ups and burpees and mountain climbers and run around five times. I'll tell you, when Zion came home after the first practice, he said, Dad, I can't move. I was like, yeah. <laughs> How many parents in the room are you like me? I just, don't, don't be easy on them. Yeah, let's do this. You want to be involved in it? Get it. You know, it's good for you. And so he's working, and the next practice comes around. He's like, Dad, are they going to work so, that hard? I'm like, I hope so. He goes, same thing, working hard. Well, now Rodney has him pushing up and doing mountain climbers and all at home. So he's, now he's like, I want 100 of these a day. I want 100 of these a day. So now Zion's in his room doing push-ups and doing mountain climbers and doing the, foot, doing the footwork. I'm like, yeah, level up. How many know, though, that if you want to go to the next level, it's going to take energy from your part? You are going to have to step in and step up. In fact, bump your neighbor. Tell him that. Say, step in and step up. Yeah. Step in and step up. With each level you go, it will cost you something. We can stand in church all day long. And just sing songs, land of the promise, thank you, Lord. Waiting on my land of the promise, going to the land of the promise. Kumbaya. That was kind of catchy. It might be a song someday. We'll see where it goes. Going to the land of the promise. And we can sing these songs all day long and believe in faith for God to take us to the promised land. But how many know if you don't take a step, you ain't going nowhere. Well, the Lord is faithful. Yeah, he is. He's faithful on your steps. He says the steps of a righteous man are order of the Lord. He didn't say the sitting of the righteous man is order of the Lord. He didn't say the lazy person, I'm going to just lead him into the promise. No, he said the steps, taking a step to the promised land. He said the steps of the righteous man is order of the Lord. Each level will cost you something. I'm preaching myself today. Woo! Each level is going to cost me something. You want to level up in your faith? It's going to cost you. You want to level up in your love and forgiveness? It's going to cost you something. It's not easy. It's not easy. But there's a promised land waiting for you. There's a beyond that you need to experience, my friend. It's the perfect will of God for your life. And it's, it's no time to settle right now. There's no time to settle. So the struggle between what we know to be reality and what God's reality is for our life is where we are. That's the tension. It's the reality that we know and the reality that God has spoken. And we have to have the courage to start. Sometimes all it takes is courage to start. The Lord knows this is hard. We just started the gym It's been talk for some time, maybe even years. Talking about getting to the gym, talking about going and being a part of, you know, working out, getting healthy, getting in shape, tried some home stuff. Just, But this year we decided, you know what? We're going to jump in. Can I tell you that 
after five days of going to the gym, I can't feel my legs. I remember after day three, came home, I'm like, babe, I can't even lift my hand over my head. I'm like trying to wash my hair, you know, I'm just like, someone else has got to do it. It's crazy. It'll cost you something, but we have to have the courage to start. And some of us, we'll wait all of our life if we don't have that courage just to start it, to surrender, to surrender that time to him, to surrender that morning habit, right? Because we're like, oh, Lord, it's going to cost me something. And here's how we measure success. Let's see, where's my tape measurer? Sometimes we measure success. We put it to distance, how far we've come, where we are currently, where we're going. But a lot of times, when we measure success, we measure success in the world's eyes. And this is where it gets a little tricky. Because the Lord calls us to this, this life of beyond. But sometimes the beyond can look like we're losing. What does the Bible say? The least among you will become the greatest, right? The last shall become first, right? It's like the upside-down kingdom. And so when we're in the world talking about success, we're talking about how much can you gain. And so sometimes the world kind of looks like this beautiful, decorated box. And we're like, woo, I just want the box. And whatever's in that box for you might be success for you. You know, it's funny because I remember when we were youth pastors, we were in the schools and we were talking to kids about what they wanted to be someday and all those things. And they were like, you know, whatever, you know, a famous skateboarder or uh, I want to be a police or I want to be a doctor. Da, da, da. Now I go into two classes and I'm like, hey, what do you want to be? A famous YouTuber. Period. <laughs> it's like everybody wants to get famous on YouTube. It's like I want to be a famous TikToker. I want to be a famous YouTuber. So whatever your success is, it might be measured in, you know, retirement or 401K or I want to build a business that looks like. I want to build a marriage or a family that looks like. And so you can have these things as success. And so we measure ourselves thinking that, okay, I've gotten here. The only problem with that is that all of the world's success, I think we talked about this last week, look back, is empty. It amounts to nothing. And so it's not a problem that that's what we're going towards and that's what we're gaining. But it can't be our, our measurement of success. And the, the, the thing is, when we look at the Lord and what he has to offer, he's calling us to actually be less than. To release our pride and to be the servant. To release our time and to give. To release our financials, right? And to give, it, it, it's, it's a, it doesn't seem like success in the world's eye. But when we gain success in his eyes, when we go after the promised land, which, isn't, which might not even look like the big box of goodies for the world, it might look like you're losing. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're serving people? That doesn't make sense. You're giving things away? That doesn't make sense. Why would you think that's success? But the Lord says, when you do this, now you live in my promises. Now, here's the thing with the promises. Did anybody ever grow up on Barney? Yeah, Barney lovers in the building? All right. 
Barney and Bebop. B, uh, BJ? PJ? Baby Bop. There you go, Baby Bop. <laughs> oh, we got some big fans in the room. But Barney always had this Barney bag. You remember the Barney bag? And the craziest things came out of the Barney bag. I mean, you're like, there's no way. He's pulling lamps. He's pulling bikes. He's pulling... Everything's coming out of this bag. And you're like, how in the world? You know, it was before, like, TV magic. You know, it was just like... As a kid, you're just like, the Barney bag. If I could just have one of those, I'd have everything. I think about it like that with God's promises. Because God's promises looks like, like you lost, right? When you get to that place where you're like, I'm serving, I'm loving, I, I, I'm giving, I, I'm, I'm being a part of, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what the Lord called me to do. But in that space, it's like the Barney bag. Because in God's promises, is everything you need. It's everything you need. Everything you could ever want or desire or need in the place, God fulfills those things in his promises. And so when we lose in the world's eyes, but we gain in his eyes, we start to live in the land of the promise. Now, the land of the promise, some of you need to know this about me. I keep random things in boxes and bags. I'll have a box and it'll all be cords, random cords from my entire life, my childhood all the way till now, I have a box of cords. Because you never know when you're going to need one. And there have been times where some of y'all have asked, do we have this cable? I sure do. In my box of cables. Thank you. Amen, Sean. So this, this is my bag of power cords. <laughs> power cords for everything. 9 volt, 12 volt, 15 volt, 150 watt. Doesn't matter. I got it. How many times does this come in handy while we're in this building project? We got a power cord for what? Hold on. Give me a second. This is how I picture the Lord's promises. Because when you're in the Lord's will. And don't, don't tell me to explain this on paper because I don't know how to. Okay? Because there's been times where it doesn't look like it's going to work out in resource. Or we're doing something and it doesn't look like it's going to pan out. And what we want to accomplish for the community or what we want to accomplish as a business or what we want to accomplish as a family or as a church. There's been seasons in this church where it didn't look like it was going to be good. It didn't look like we were going to make it out of. But this is the thing about the promises of the Lord. When you're in his promises, everything he has in his bag will power something in your life. Everything he has in his plans will make something in you come alive. <laughs> That's the beauty of being in God. That when you're, when you're generous, when, you, when you're in the place where you're stepping boldly into something you've never been to, and you're just by faith, Lord, I'm going to step into this knowing that you have spoken. He empowers and gives you what you need to accomplish and come alive in that. Is the goodness of the Lord. It's the goodness of his promises. 
is that he makes all things new. He makes all things come alive. I want to look at this scripture as we close. Genesis chapter 35. I want to look at the transition from Jacob and when God changed his name to Israel. In Genesis chapter 35, verse 1, it says, Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel, settle there, and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Now check this out. Let's pause right there. God says to Jacob, Go up to Bethel. Now Bethel means the house of God. It's the place of meeting. Bethel is a very special location where God actually had a conversation with Jacob. It was that night, right, where he had the dream and he showed him things beyond. So Bethel is a very special place. And now look, Jacob, when he hears, go to Bethel, when he, when he hears, go beyond where you are currently, go to a space I'm calling you that's beyond, that's above where you are. Look at what Jacob's response is. He shouts to those who are with him in his household and he says, get rid of the foreign gods you have with you. Purify yourselves and, this is what I tell my kids all the time, change your clothes. You've been wearing that for four days. Change it. He says, get rid of the foreign gods, purify yourselves, and change your clothes. We're going to Bethel. We're going to the house of God. I want to encourage someone in the room that God's telling you to level up. I don't know what that level looks like, but I can tell you this. There are some foreign gods you've got to put down that you can't trust no more. There are some things you've been putting on an elevation to say, it'll hold me through any season. I'm telling you, it won't. It's time to put down the foreign gods. It's time to say, all right, there are some things in my life i got to get rid of. Some habits i got to stop. There's some things that I need to purify myself because I'm going to meet with God. I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to level up to what he has for me. So there's some habits I can't take with me. There's some things I can't do because I'm set apart for his calling. I'm set apart for his, his glory. In order to go there, I got to do that. And then there's some new clothes you got to buy. Hallelujah. How many shoppers do I have in the building? Come on, somebody. The Lord's telling you to get some new clothes. Now, I'm not talking about real clothes. Although, you can go and get some clothes. I'm talking about garments. Now, garments were very important in, the, in biblical time. Garments were very important. They showed everyone around you who you were. And that's why, whenever you read in the Bible, you can read these times where the kings would read the decrees of the Lord and they would realize, oh my word, we are breaking the decrees of the Lord. What, what, what was the first thing they did? Tore their robes. Why? It was a sign of purification. It was a sign of being broken before the Lord. And Jacob realized this. He said, if I'm going to go to the house of God, I can't wear what I've been wearing. I can't have the same mindset as what I've been in. I can't think and be distracted by the things that have been surrounding me. i got to change my clothes. I need some new garments. I need some new robes. I need a new definition. I need a new identity. I need to walk in faith in a man of God. Come on, change your clothes. And check this out. So there are things that can't go with you if you're going to go to the next level. There's some trust 
things that you put a trust in that you need to lay down. There's some impure things you got to say no to. And you got to put away those old clothes. But check out Genesis chapter 35, verse 21. In this journey, Jacob's wife dies. And in that space, oh, I got to read it. Hold on. Genesis chapter 35. Let me, let me turn to it real quick. It's so good. You ever find one of those scriptures you're like, oh my goodness, slaps you in the face? That was this one. Genesis chapter 35, verse 19. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephraim. Jacob set up a stone monument. Check it out. Jacob set up a stone monument over Rachel's grave, and it could be seen there to this day. Then Jacob traveled on and camped around Migdal Eder. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the translation says this. Jacob set up a stone monument over Rachel's grave, and it could be seen there to this day. Then Israel traveled on and camped beyond Migdal Eder. Now, what you don't realize is this. God changed Jacob's name to Israel a few verses back. But Moses doesn't call him Israel until this moment. You see, Jacob was on a journey. And there were some things in his life that had gone on with his brother, with his wife, with his flock of people that he was leading. There were some things that were happening in him. But whenever he got to the place where he had peace about what God was doing, it says Jacob set up a pillar, monument to remember where he was. And Israel moved on. Now that might not mean much to you, but let me tell you that Jacob means to struggle or to fall behind because he was the second twin, Jacob and Esau. And so Jacob was the one holding on to the heel of Esau. Ah, here I am, I'm here too. So they called him Jacob to be behind, to fall behind. And God's told him in this season I'm going to call you a new name. Can I tell you, you need a new name for where you're headed. God's going to call you something that you've never been called before. Because Israel, woo, Israel literally means let God prevail. Because Jacob struggled with God. You remember the story? It's when the angel came down and he was in the dream with this angel. And he started wrestling the angel and he said, Bless me. I won't let you go until I bless you. And the Lord blessed Jacob, and he became one of the wealthiest men on earth. And from that moment on, God said, I got to change your name from the, the one who fell behind to the Lord prevails in your life. Can I tell you, the Lord wants to mark your season with a name. He wants to mark you with an identity that's beyond what you've been called to this day. And though you may be struggling to get to something that's empty, today you're going to say, all right, no more. I'm going to give it to you, God. I'm going to take steps to walk before you. And in your new name, you're going to walk into the new season. How many are ready to go beyond? Come on. God wants to take you to that new level. And so I'm going to ask you again, what level is God calling you to go to today? What level is God calling you to step into boldly? As Sean comes, I want to open up this altar. 
Because here's what I believe. I believe that God is going to call you to do things that are beyond your ability. And I believe that it's in the surrender. It's in the open hands. It's in the saying, God, I don't know, but you do. It's in that space where the Lord comes and he marks you for greatness. When we come to Jesus and we invite him in, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the special part about that is the Holy Spirit doesn't just come to be with us and be a friend. The Holy Spirit comes to empower us to live our best. And when we're in the promises of God, the Holy Spirit shows us, hey, look inside the bag. You're like, oh, that's the part of me that doesn't work, Holy Spirit. That's the part of me that doesn't work, God. And God says, look in the bag. I got a power cord for that. I got something that's going to light that space of your life back up again. I got a part of you that, that I need to make alive again. Like we, we always sing, uh-huh. Dead man, come out of that grave. The Lord wants you to call those things that were dead. and Call them as though they are alive in him. 